Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. I'm Alan. And I'm Gal, and we are back with season two, baby. We're back, finally back to recording, because our last episode just recently uploaded, even though we had like a three-month hiatus, but it's all good. Yeah, we haven't recorded in three months, but you guys wouldn't know that because our our last episode just got uploaded. Anyway, it's great to be back. Today, we're taking a deep dive into the summer, which should be fun. We're reviewing some of the this uh, summer's biggest blockbusters, as well as talking about the biggest show of this summer. And uh, to help us with that, Gal actually went around uh, the the Reichman University campus and he got some of our viewers opinions in some of this stuff so if you hear random voices here and there those are our friends we're gonna be talking first of all about Squid Game then Shang-Chi and then the last James Bond movie No Time to Die and then sharing our own review of the new movie Dune now playing in theaters First, let's talk about Squid Game. I feel like everyone's watched this show. It's the most viewed Netflix show of all time. It passed Bridgerton to be the most viewed show on the platform with 142 million views in only its first month. Uh, Squid Game's Nielsen numbers have been pretty good. It has stayed in uh, the first spot for a long time after its release. So as Alan said, uh, we got some people to record whether in person or they sent us a whatsapp recording of their thoughts of squid game as it's become such a popular show we're gonna play you these uh recordings here for a sec and then we're gonna react to it i thought squid game was amazing it was really driven by how crazy the actions were in the show i finished it in about four days and what kept me persistent with watching was the show getting crazier and crazier Truthfully, I think Squid Game was one of the most amazing shows that came out recently, and everybody should watch it. Squid Game is an incredible show. I loved it so much. Every time an episode ended, I couldn't help but turn on the next one because they always left on such cliffhangers, and you always wanted to know what happened next, and the end had such a plot twist, it was crazy. The last, like, ten minutes of that first episode were some of the most, like, heart-wrenching TV I've, I've ever seen. It was it was unreal. And just the show progressed in such a good way and they managed to space it out and just keep you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Okay, so you just heard Harry, Shiri, Georgia, and Peleg uh, in that order. And uh, Special shout out. Yeah, special shout out. And um, this show was really hyped during the summer. Uh, I started the first episode when the hype was picking up and then I stopped for a little bit and I got back when the hype was huge, basically. It, it is a really good show. It's really well made. I'm not going to say it was one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, but I did enjoy watching it. And uh, one thing that makes me happy about the success of this show is audiences being more open to international content. And how many possibilities that... Oh, just opens up for the 
the the medium in general because uh, especially Americans have for so long been stuck to this uh, Hollywood centrism, as we as we say. But there's really quality stuff out there. And this was the first time that I believe it crossed the mainstream because you, you could argue that Bong Joon-ho winning, winning the Oscar uh, was, was that, but there, there was still like a limited number of people that actually watched that film. This, you're talking about millions of people watching a South Korean, sh- basically nine-hour movie. And that's amazing. And more than like Stranger Things and The Crown and all these really famous English language shows on the biggest TV platform in the world. And you can tell here that people really like the intensity and how crazy and out there the the sci-fi of it was. I definitely liked the show. I agree with you. It wasn't one of my favorites. And I didn't really watch it when the hype first started. It took some persuasion from my family <laughs> who like really recommended it to me and then I finally gave in and watched it but I'm happy I did I wasn't a huge fan of the ending but it was still it was still good and I've told a lot of people who like this like oh go watch Parasite or go watch this movie or Bong Joon-ho has made a lot of movies that I feel are thematically similar which is why that gives me hope that like more of my friends will check that stuff out yeah uh and if you're trying to get into Bong Joon-ho stuff and you're still a little bit scared about that subtitle barrier, I recommend you watch uh, Netflix's Okia. It's a really good movie. Yeah, Snowpiercer also is in English, and I think out of all the movies out there, I think it's the most thematically similar to Squid Game as it gets. Okay, so moving on, uh, we're going to talk about Probably the best superhero movie that came out this year so far. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings from Marvel Studios. My son, you can't run from your past. Is this what you wanted? This was the number one movie for all of September. I'm pretty sure it was the first movie to hold number one at box office for more than three weeks since Black Panther. Basically, it revived movie theaters. Now Eternals is coming out exclusively in theaters. Uh, West Side Story, Kingsman, all the Disney movies that are coming out now. And a lot of people saw it here. Obviously, it's Marvel, so a lot of people are interested in that. And we want to hear what people had to say. Thoughts Shang-Chi was absolutely hilarious. I saw it maybe about a month ago. I think what made the, mo- the movie really good was it was just absolutely hysterical. And uh, it just had really cool, you know, like Chinese tradition that I was not familiar with, but found very intriguing. Shang-Chi was different than, than what Marvel normally does. I got to say that bus fight scene at the beginning was some of their best work on par with the Spider-Man illusion scene versus Mysterio. But the whole movie was really well structured. It was a lot of fun seeing, you know, an all-Asian cast, and they even got great representation, great actors. Simu Lee was fantastic. Shang-Chi was a great introduction to a character to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was a wonderful way to introduce the world to a character and a culture that the world wasn't as familiar at, with. Okay, so we have just heard Harry Pelag and Spencer uh, 
they said a lot of good things about this movie also goes into our theme of a more international movie even though this was a hollywood production it had a lot of dialogue in chinese with if you're seeing in america english subtitles if you're oh seeing in israel you were suffering like me because i i'm not fluent in hebrew so i had to sit there and not and not understand anything for long parts of the movie but i have to applaud them for this like <laughs> the, this is a huge blockbuster movie i have to applaud them for not making those characters speak english all the time yeah i mean it seems like people are really embracing the cultural aspect of it which is great to see and um besides that yeah we, we went to see the movie together it was a fun time and then we went and celebrated your birthday that was a good birthday present um i actually was not expecting shang chi to be this good so it was a great present for me like i loved this movie so much the action scenes were amazing uh the, the third act gets a little bit like huge more than most people would have liked but i actually enjoyed it a lot yeah i feel yeah well it was a really fun movie honestly gonna be on my top 10 mcu films at least at the moment um that's fair and i love the action the soundtrack the the tone it's really fun it it's not too serious but it's also like there is emotion to it and the villain is really good uh yeah i just can't wait to give it another watch once it lands on disney plus you got this thank you so now we're talking about a movie that's been delayed since the beginning of this pandemic finally came out no time to die the final movie in the daniel craig james bond saga and it's been the number one film at cinema city for five weeks now since it came out here on september 30th and i got to see it with my family on that exact day and it was pretty fun i mean it was really great seeing those big action scenes and with james bond it gets enormous on the big screen yeah also it right now is at over 600 million dollars worldwide not a lot of movies are getting to that point worldwide the of the non-chinese fair it's actually second all right let's hear what people had to say about this one i thought it was amazing uh, i saw it last week on thursday i saw it at glee really nice theater and i have to say it was my favorite james bond movie i thought it was done really well it was a bit of a long movie but you don't feel the length and the sound in it was unbelievable so all like the music the noise i like noise and you know hearing reactions like when bombs go off and the explosion you hear was done exceptionally well it was like you felt like you were there almost because they did it so well it was nice the only other one i saw was skyfall so i don't have much to compare with because i forgot to watch specked up it was really good it makes me want to go watch all of the rest again I gotta say that I did really enjoy the new James Bond movie. I really loved the character development between the new characters that we were introduced to uh, and the flashbacks and everything, how they connected it all. Uh, I thought it was really well done. And uh, honestly, I have to say it was a very surprising ending. I was not expecting it. Um, and it was a nice uh, closing, I think. Again, special shout out to Harry, Adi, and Abby on that one. Uh, it seems like people really liked that this one was conclusive. And I think the reception to this one just shows how much people love Daniel Craig as James Bond. I think this era has really reinvented the franchise. Yeah, uh, this era was really, really important for the franchise. 
I remember watching Casino Royale. If you don't, if you haven't heard it uh, recently, I put Casino Royale in my top 20 movies of all time. No Time to Die is not my favorite movie of that era. Uh, we're going to get into this in the end of this discussion. But I had a lot of fun watching it. I just watched it two nights ago, I think. What can I say? Like, it was a bit too long. I've, uh, Adi told us that she didn't feel that runtime. I definitely did. So I agree with Abby here. This is maybe the Bond movie that we most got character development. For maybe. sure. Just his father-son or mother-son relationship with M um, and his weird sibling relationship with Q. We get more than that here. We get um, like the relationship that he has with, I don't remember her name in the movie, but with uh, Leo Sido's character, who's he uh, also, he had a relationship with her in the last movie, but they really explored it in this movie, was actually a breath a breath of fresh air for this franchise. I think definitely, like, the series just used to be, oh, he walks around, does cool stuff, chases a bad guy, a series of boxes that need to be checked in the formula. And now they're trying to, like, elevate it to these enormous stunts and emotional stakes. This and, I think, Mission Impossible had become the counterparts of, like, these huge action franchises that are also, like, not fantasy superpowers. And yeah, how did you? How would you rank the Bond movies of the Daniel Craig era? I think Skyfall maybe number one. Casino Royale just barely misses that number two, um, and then number three. I don't know. I think this and Spectre might be equal, but I really like Spectre also. So don't think this is this is shade at that. And then Quantum of Solace is like far down at the bottom because it's just forgettable. I rewatched all of them like a year ago when I thought No Time to Die was coming <laughs> I mean, out. I did that too, actually. And uh, my top five are Casino Royale, number one. Then my number w- number two would be just just shy of number one, Skyfall. Uh, my number three would be Spectre for now. Maybe if I rewatch No Time to Die a lot, it would maybe surpass it i also think this one needs to sink in this is sinking sinking a little bit like i said i watched it two days ago uh so for now that would be my number four and like number five like all the way in the back poorly no quantum of solace like we said before the bond the craig era bond movies are really good at pushing the envelope of the franchise and um i'm ex- I'm, I'm very happy that he got a proper send-off and he's the first Bond to ever do it, so... 100%. So, for our review of the week, even though we did kind of review a lot of stuff already, but for our review of the week, we're reviewing Dune. Dune just came out, Finally. Finally, yeah. That wow. I've been waiting for this one for a long time. Oh yeah. We are a house of trades. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. Smile, Gurney. I am smiling. The Emperor asks us to bring peace to Arrakis. House of Trades accepts. It has been the number one in the box office in the US for the last two weeks. It has an 80% with critics and a 90% with audience on Rotten Tomatoes. And frankly, is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Gal, your opinions. 
That's a very bold statement, but... Beautiful. I'm only talking about looks right now. Oh, the cinematography was amazing. The The visuals were excellent. I mean, the cast is packed. The music, man, it was, it's a loud movie. And I love that about it. And you can definitely tell this is from the director of Blade Runner 2049. Also a great movie, by the way. Uh, actually, that is my, my most beautiful movie of all time. Ah, so there you go. Just learned something new about Alan. <laughs> And I was kind of afraid that this would be like more of a niche thing, like only fans of the book would love it or movie fans. But the fact that like the wide audience is going to see it and embracing it and it already got a sequel greenlit, which I was nervous maybe wouldn't happen. That makes me really happy. It's very long, but it's like very fast paced to the point that it's always something exciting happening on screen. Like to the point that it overtakes the story a little bit, in my opinion, like more the grandiose word building and look how beautiful this is, uh, kind of take over a little bit of the story, which in my opinion, it's fine because that's what I was there for. <laughs> I was there for word building and beautiful shots. And I got those. And just to round out, like the cast of this thing is insane. Uh, Timothy Chalamet like feels his like he has been born to play Paul Artridis. So and uh Oscar Isaac is really good at his dad. Rebecca Ferguson also feels like she was born to play Lady Jessica. I think she was the heart of the movie, honestly. And someone I didn't expect to be a highlight, but he is is Jason Momoa. He's such a such a highlight uh highlights as Duncan Idaho. He is like he brings a lot of charm and fun to it. And like he, but it's also a genuinely great performance. It's not just he's doing Aquaman again. We unfortunately did not get as much Zendaya as I was hoping we would get. I thought she was like one of the like top three main roles from the trailer because she's in yeah. it a lot. But uh, no spoilers here, but she's definitely going to be a main part of the second movie. So For let's sure. not worry about that. But I got a little bit disappointed by that because I'm such a big Zendaya fan. But I got a lot of my boy Timothy, so so it was good. Yeah, all the, the sandworm scenes, all the fight scenes are all really well done. It's super immersive, and it really builds up this world really well. I think fans of the book are probably going to really enjoy this too, because there hasn't been a, a version of Dune that everyone has grasped onto. I saw it with a friend, and she loves the book, and, and she said she really loved the movie. Yeah, I saw it with a friend of ours as well, and uh, he he came out of this movie smiling <laughs> so damn much. You uh, saw it in IMAX too, right? I, I we actually went all the way to Richon Lition at night in the middle of the week just to watch it on IMAX, and I think it was a good choice because this movie looked breathtaking on an IMAX screen. I wanted to do that with Bond, but all my family was like, oh, let's just go to the one close. And uh, the IMAX here is worth it though, right? It definitely was. And it's not that expensive. It's basically almost the same price as a regular ticket. Uh, so I'd recommend. It's also a cool adventure for, cool adventure for you to do with a buddy. Go all the way to reach on Litsion. Um Why not? If anything happens... Together, can we stand a chance? Uh, 
I'm super, super excited for the next one. Like, bring it on. I'm probably going to rewatch this one next week on HBO Max. Uh, next week already. I recommend you guys watch this one in the movies, even if you have HBO Max. And then you, if you want to rewatch, you watch, you rewatch it at home just because it's such a, such an amazing movie experience. Go with friends, watch it, have a good time. Um, and I promise you'll be just excited as we are for Dune Part 2, probably coming 2023, 2024. They like said that. October 2023. See, right on the money. So that was a fun first episode. Thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for a packed season coming ahead. I had a lot of fun with you, Gal, as always. 